0: Thanks for finding Organic Matters. For the beginning of this part of the show, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the updates on EV batteries for the future. For not just for cars, but for homes and everything. What I brought this on is I have a skeptical friend of mine. I have more than those that I need sometimes. This is all, oh, well, we can't afford to do the batteries. They're gonna be more polluting to make them than to use fossil fuels. All this stuff that he gets from, I don't know, Fox News or somewhere that doesn't have any brains, but Folks, not only is that not happening, it has come so far in the last 5 to 10 years, they thought it would be 30 years getting where it is, and it's only going to get better. So let's talk a little bit about what we do and don't know about the upcoming use of EV batteries for cars, for homes, even for businesses. It's spurred by federal mandates and incentives. U.S. manufacturers are pushing forward with developing new battery technologies for electrical use period, uh, mostly for EVs right now, electrical vehicle cars. The Holy Grail is a battery that is safer, costs less, provides longer driving range, and, the big thing, doesn't use imported conflict minerals. In other words, what we want to be able to do is be self-supporting and self-sufficient on making our own batteries, rather than having to depend on uh, some third world country, which is what we're doing right now. First, for a little history. It's been about 16 years since engineer Martin Eberhard unveiled his then-futuristic custom-designed sports car before a crowd of investors, journalists, and potential buyers in Santa Monica Airport hangar. The roadster, as it was then called, contained a lot of innovative engineering, but nothing about it mattered more than the fact that it had 6,831 lithium-ion battery cells packed in its rear compartment which gave this vehicle a great range and speed. The battery system is the secret Eberhardt explained at the time behind our 4 second 0 to 60 acceleration. Folks, that's fast. Just take my word for it if you've never tried it. Eberhardt and his collaborator Mark Tarpening named their new electric vehicle company after Nikola Tesla. And two years later, in 2008, the Tesla became the first commercially produced lithium-ion-powered vehicle to hit the open auto market. Lithium-ion, or Li-ions, whatever that has a big step up from the nickel-metal hydrides, which we were all used to back then, that had been powering most hybrid and electric vehicles, including the wildly popular Prius at the time. Lithium's better energy density means lithium-ion batteries can store a third more watt-hours per kilogram than Ni- NiCAD or what we would call Ni- metal hydride batteries. Which means they last longer and they weigh a lot less. But with all that said, the lithium-ion battery still has serious drawbacks. It relies on imported critical minerals, not just lithium, but cobalt, copper, graphite, nickel. That are acquired mostly by hacking into mountains or by pumping scarce desert groundwater into ponds, then waiting for the water to evaporate and leave the mineral. The Democratic Republic of Congo produces more than 70 percent of the world's cobalt, often by exploiting child labor under unsafe working conditions. Other minerals come from countries with which the United States would prefer to loosen economic ties, including, of course, Russia, which provides about 20% of the world's dwindling stores of nickel, and China, which supplies virtually all the graphite used in EV batteries internationally today. We don't necessarily have the ability to get some minerals unless we go to places that are basically defined as not acceptable. For instance, China has threatened to keep its graphite for its own prodigious battery industry. Market analysis predict the global demand for lithium will exceed the supply as early as the year 2030. We have got to figure out a different way of making batteries. With state and federal mandates and incentives pushing into auto companies to prioritize battery-powered vehicles in their fleets, and volatile gas prices moving more consumers towards zero emission transportation, automakers and battery companies are rushing to do just that. They are working to develop different ways to make batteries which decreasingly cost decrease the energy density, which translates into all important longer driving ranges, and weaning the industry off of the US government, what they call foreign entities of concern. Batteries that replace so-called conflict minerals with domestic minerals have advanced beyond research and development to their testing phases. A battery that reduces cobalt in favor of nickel, manganese, and aluminum is already in commercial production. Several companies are working on solid-state batteries which use no potentially flammable liquids and plans for gigafactories devoted to battery manufacturing uh, in the United States are abound. There's tons of new ones going to come online. The passage of two new federal laws, the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act put in place by Biden and the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act is expected to move the industry along more rapidly. The U.S. has offered a $7,500 tax credit to buyers of most new EVs since the end of 2009, but starting in 2023, the IRA ties that tax credit to buyers of most new EVs since the end of 2009. However, starting in 2023, the IRA ties that tax credit to certain requirements for sourcing of critical minerals and manufacturing of batteries. And by 2029, only EVs that are at least 80% uh, using minerals sourced within the United States or its allied nations and 100% of North American manufactured and assembled components will qualify for the full credit. other words, American-made uh, and, and at least uh, friendly to uh, the people that we want to deal with, not to the countries like China and Russia and those that are... Uh, could cut us off. We, we just can't afford to do that because we are going to be folks in the electrical vehicle business It might not be five years. It might not be ten years Not gonna be in my lifetime, but it's happening. There is no turning back Fossil fuels have a limit We cannot continue and wait till we run out of that limit to find out what we're gonna do. That's just stupid and we've done stupid things before but we ought to be bright enough now not to wait till it's too late and moving in that direction Uh, A little ways back, Nevada-based Panasonic Energy announced that in 2025, not very far down the road, it would start making EV batteries from nickel, recycled only in the state of Nevada, with no other coming from out of the country. You might think about it this way, folks. This is what I'm trying to get people to understand, because I, again, have a lot of friends that just don't follow this. We're transforming a hundred year old business based on the internal combustion engine into an all EV business. And we want to make sure we're doing it so that particular approach will be around for another hundred years. And then who knows will come along, whether it's hydrogen power or other forms of energy we're currently not even thinking we're able to use on a regular basis. As an interesting, uh, again, scientific note on the side, Sulfur has roughly four times the potential energy storage of nickel, manganese, or cobalt. And it is literally dirt cheap. It's a byproduct of petrochemical operations back to fossil fuels. Oil drillers give it away by the ton. No one has ever made a lithium sulfur battery with a commercial application speaks to how difficult it's going to be to do. At this point, the battery works well. That's the good news. The bad news is at this point in development, the battery can recycle very successfully about 100, maybe 100, 150 times, and then it slowly dies. So that what they're trying to do now is secure the next step in the battery um, development, so that's not the problem. And if it does, it's going to make them even cheaper than ever and longer lasting than ever. And scientists already know, strangely enough, if they tie the sulfur and embed it into graphene, it forces the conversion of the uh, lithium-sulfur to lithium and sulfur. Graphene splits the two chemicals up, so sulfur atoms and lithium ions do not any longer destroy themselves. So that may make the battery last infinitely longer than the, the current batteries that have been developed so far. And going in another direction, a handful of automakers, including right now Ford and Mercedes-Benz working together, I find that cool, have partnerships with battery manufacturers and are exploring solid-state technology. The company Factorial Energy, which is about to open a new factory in Massachusetts, is going to be rolling out solid-state EV batteries sometime between the years 2025 and 2030, Changing, again, the whole complexion of the batteries that we know that are currently running our EVs. So far, lithium-ion batteries, their prices are rather volatile. But the cost is around $150 per kilowatt hour. For cost parity, in other words, for it to get as cheaper cheaper than gasoline-powered engines for manufacture, that price needs to come down to about $100 per kilowatt hour. Although Ford, Mercedes, and some of the automakers... Are saying that they're eyeing about a sixty dollar per kilowatt hour uh, by the year 2028 and folks that'll make making the entire motivation system electric car cheaper than we can build a combustion engine what a difference there are many ways to get there but no one knows exactly which one they'll take all of this is still in the lab conditions but they're moving forward actually in giant steps ahead of what we thought they would be able to do just about a decade ago. I'm excited about the whole idea. It's important to note that simply building an electric vehicle supply chain in the U.S. and its allied nations doesn't make it totally sustainable, at least not in the ecological and public health sense, which I'm concerned about. Chile is technically a U.S.-friendly nation, yet lithium mining in the Atacama Desert threatens groundwater and drains lagoons on which the local communities and especially the local wildlife depends. 97% of all nickel reserves in the United States, listen to this, are located within 30 miles of Native American communities, and 90% of the copper reserves are also in those same areas. So we have to consider that without a doubt. At this point in our history, wherever the drawbacks might be, whatever they might be, the acquisition of lithium, no matter where it's found, probably is not going to slow down in the near future. Not only does our dependence on gas and diesel engines harm the climate and our lungs and our environment, we continue to export billions of dollars on an annual basis to countries that don't share our ideals. They don't give a damn in other words. Battery technology may not be in every sense benign, but we have much greater control over how we regenerate the electrons we've ever had over where we get our oil. The future of transportation is electrification. In the long term, folks, the, debate, the debate's over. Uh, it's amazing to me that I meet these people that are normally, I, I mean, I, some are, I consider dear friends that have a brain. But they just, we some folks just can't let go of what's happened and get into the future of what has to happen. And that's what we're going to all have to do. It may not be as quick and easy as I was wishing 30 years ago, and that's when I first started talking about this, but it is going to happen. It has to happen, and sooner the better. We're not doing as well as we need on our climate control as far as temperatures. This year was the hottest year ever recorded on Earth. That doesn't mean in Georgia or the United States or China. It means worldwide. It was the hottest we've ever recorded. And actually, even looking back into the fossil uh, remains and the stories we've learned from our knowledge, probably in the last 100,000 years, it's the hottest it's ever been. Think about that. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.